0: So we do uh, various retreats around the country. For all of you who have been part of the mission team, you've seen that. So sometimes we visit primary schools, mainly primary schools, sometimes secondary schools. And there is a noticeable difference, uh, especially if you go to a primary school in the country. Uh, after lunch break, the, the, sorry, during lunch break, the, the kids obviously, if at all possible, they get outside and they run around, they play football and they, they play a bit of sport and things. And uh, so first thing after lunch, when they come back, uh, especially this time of the year where it's not fully dry uh, there'll be a share of them that'll come back absolutely plastered and muck because they were in their school uniform but they just couldn't resist going for a sliding tackle when they were playing football you know, they just couldn't they just could not do it so they come back in and they're actually filthy do you know what I mean so they'd have dirty knees, dirty trousers, dirty hands because they were catching the ball if it was Gaelic or whatever it was and, um, but they don't care just don't care and of these actually girls. So most school uniforms have a skirt for the girls and trousers for the lads. And even some of the girls come back in with filthy knees because they maybe they went for a sliding tackle as well. You know, I mean, just you know, it's just it's there's something so freeing about seeing that. You see these kids coming back in, and it's just so healthy and so normal and so natural. They don't, you know, they're not trying to impress anyone. Yeah, you've got dirty trousers. What's your problem? <laughs> they just just don't care. They just don't care. In fact, if anything, it's kind of a mark of, I did a sliding tackle. Do you know, it's kind of a a, a mark of boasting. They just don't care. Their hair is all tossed, and their hands are filthy, and the tie is over here. They just don't care. Just don't care. Very, very different when you get into secondary school. Um, Not so much for lads immediately. For girls, it kicks in fairly quickly that uh, the hair has to be right, and the eyelashes or eyebrows, or maybe both, are supposed to be right, and I don't know whatever else is supposed to be done. But uh, they're very, very observant of who wears what and who sits where and who looks at who. It's all very, very observant. That kind of freedom that they had as as children uh, is now gone. But lads then, I suppose, they catch on uh, a little later, but maybe it's more as regards physical size and prowess and all of that kind of thing. And that kind of freedom that they, they once had... Uh, can very quickly be, be etched away. The, there comes that phase then in your teenage years when uh, you want to be independent. You want to be especially independent of your parents. Um, where on the, the, the ro- on the trip to school, you know, students will just turn to their parents, it's okay, you can let me off here, I'll walk the rest of the way. Um, we're three miles from the school, yeah, it's, it's fine, I'll walk. I'll walk, it's grand, because you just don't want to be seen with mommy and daddy dropping you off and giving you a little goodbye kiss in the car before you get out in front of the lads. Oh my goodness. Uh, I remember once uh, after a, a little, after a disco, back in the day, it was one of those underage discos um, that I went to years and years ago. And the, so the disco ended, I just can't remember what time, it ended was half 11 or 12 or something. And uh, I noticed that it was the, the, the crowd. There was a, so you've got all the disco hall, then you've got a, a cloakroom and, and the exit doors. And the exit doors, were, just, there were it was the, the crowd was finding it very very difficult to get out. You know, there was some sort of an obstacle or what I don't know what. So uh, so I was in, with my friends. We was making making our, our way out and uh, grabbed our jackets. And then I saw the, the the source of the obstacle, what the obstacle was. My mom had parked so close to the front door to make sure she'd see me on the way out that every single person had to walk around the car. So I got out the door and I thought, Are you? this is, by, by the way, it was half eleven, so she was in her dressing gown. okay, in her dra- no, She didn't have the curlers in, but like, she was just one step off having curlers in and shouting out the window, hello, I'm right here. And I, I, so I walked past, I walked past her. Like, Are you... Kidding me. Do you want me to have any social life? I mean, do you want to be celibate for the rest of my life? I mean, what is this? So I became a priest. Oh my goodness. So that's, you live and you learn. I had stern words with my mummy after that, I did. Uh, But this freedom, okay, this freedom that we want to have, this freedom that God wants to give us, that freedom that children have, that freedom that we often lose. In our teenage years the freedom that freedom that 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 kind of to be able to to, to do to, to act to act without so much concern of what people will think what people will say this is the kind of freedom that the lord wants us to have but not a freedom just to, to do whatever we want but to do whatever he's calling us to do and to know that regardless of the consequences that we will be blessed in that when you think of our, our reading today King Nebuchadnezzar, who uh, has these Jews, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and they won't bow to the statue that, that Nebuchadnezzar has, has uh, erected for them. So they, they defy him, and they absolutely refuse to obey this commandment, or this law, an unjust law, to uh, fall into idolatry. They refuse, and it's, they have such courage, such neck, Even in the way they refuse. Your question hardly requires an answer. If our God, the one we serve, is able to save us from the burning fiery furnace and from your power, O king, he will save us. And even if not, then you must know, O king, maybe there's a small bit of sarcasm there, I don't know, you must know, O king, that we will not serve your God or worship the statue that you have erected. So there's something, for me, there's a subtlety there that's just really, really powerful That, Lord, so they say to the king, we will not adore your statue, and our God, if He's able, will save us. And even if He doesn't, even if He doesn't, we will still not obey. So even if this will cost us our lives, even if we will die in this fiery furnace, we still will not obey, even if this will cost us our lives. There's just such incredible freedom in that, to be able to, 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 to live this reality of God has given me my life, God has given me all things. I now find myself in slavery in a foreign country. They were in modern-day Iraq. Um, uh, th- this is after the, the, the deportation, so they're in exile. So Nebuchadnezzar is um, an illegitimate king as regards the, the people of Israel, so the laws that, that he passes in this regard, they do not have to obey. But they have such freedom in their hearts. They're externally slaves, internally free. Internally free. That freedom of, of the children of God, that freedom that, kind of, that children have, where they, just, they don't care what the king thinks, even if it costs them their lives. It's phenomenal. It's just a, such a, a powerful witness and testimony. So... They are indeed thrown into the furnace. So, at this point, like, just if that was if that was you or I, you know, you make this this bold statement in front of the king, and you'd be hoping, well, I would be hoping that the king will change his mind, or an angel will appear, or some sort of a solution will be found, even if it's last minute, so that you don't have to be thrown into the furnace. Which, incidentally, they made seven times hotter. So much so that those fueling the fire were consumed. Well, it's not in today's reading but that's the full version of the reading if you read it as they're fueling the fire those, those throwing in the coal or wood or whatever it was they're burned, they die the furnace is so hot so you're getting you're bound and you're being drawn or led towards this furnace and you're still hoping Lord, now would really be a good time to do your, one of your divine things you know, a little plague or a little flash of lightning anything, anything, please you know, anything at all and as you're getting closer and closer to the furnace, it does not happen. And then you get thrown in. But you're not you're not getting burned up. Neither are your friends. And there's a, an angel, it seems, there with you in the furnace. That saves your life. And Nebuchadnezzar sees this. And he springs to his feet in amazement. And then he exclaims, blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He has sent his angel to rescue his servants who, putting their trust in him, defied the order of the king and preferred to forfeit their own bodies rather than serve and worship any god but their own. So what looked like failure, what looked like passivity on God's part, wasn't. It's all part of this plan that the onlookers would see the power of the one true God. So this, this freedom that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego had wasn't just for them. It testified, it witnessed to all the onlookers of the power of God, the intercessory, the, 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 the power of God to intervene in a way that he sees fit. And this is an interesting thing like for us as well, that when we pray or when we have an issue, we want God to intervene in our way and in our time. And often that's just not the case. Often that's just not the way it's going to happen. The Lord will intervene when it, when it is right, considering the big picture. So today we ask for that, that freedom, that freedom, that, Lord, when we come to you in prayer, we give you our intentions, and we give you our needs, and at the same time, we give you the freedom to act or not. We have our intentions, we have our needs, and by all means, please do bring them to the Lord. We, we, we do, and we will, and we should. But to do so trusting that the Lord will intervene at the right time and in the right way. We give the Lord the freedom to work and to answer as he sees fit. And in doing so, may we see the hand of God in our successes, in our failures. May we see the hand of God in all that he allows, in all that he permits, and in all that he takes away. Amen.